Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> what a blessing. <clears throat> I greet you with the spirit of Christ this morning. It's truly good to see you and to worship with you. And I welcome those of you online as well. Our scripture this morning will be about faithful living as we look to the prophet Elijah. Elijah was the first in a long line of important prophets God sent to Israel and Judah. Israel, the northern kingdom, had no faithful kings throughout its history. Each king was wicked, actually leading the people and worshiping pagan gods. With no kings or priests to bring God's word to the people, God called prophets to try to rescue Israel from its moral and spiritual decline. For the next 300 years, these men and women would play vital roles in both nations, encouraging the people and leaders to turn back to God. Just prior to our focused passage this morning, Elijah had confronted the evil king Ahab by calling him wicked <clears throat> for worshiping Baal, who pagans believed was responsible for bringing rain to the people, and told him that there would be no rain for several years. God then told Elijah to, to run, <laughs> and Elijah fled to where God had directed him to go. So here, excuse me, <clears throat> hear now the word of our Lord as taken from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 through 16. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called out, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and for my son, that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first, make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The word of God for the people of God. God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the blessings of this day and the blessings that you continue to pour upon us. And so we pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, beloved, the seasons have gone on. 
It's now October of 2020, and it's hard to believe that it's October. I still am waiting for Easter back in March. I don't know about you, but time has sort of warped for me this year and for many of us. And we've just completed our annual stewardship campaign in the month of September. And in September, we, the sermon series, we were exploring the reality of God's blessings, how we become aware of God's blessings, how we receive, and then how we share God's blessings with others. And we truly have much to celebrate as a community, don't we? But I remind you that just because our sermon series is over, we're still receiving pledges for our 2021 budget and how we live into God's blessings and how sharing God's blessings is never over. But through the series, I found myself thinking about what it means to be a disciple of Christ. When we look at the life Jesus led, he lived a life of love and invitation. He opened up a new way of living life and he invited others to join him. He called people to follow him and he turned life upside down with his inclusion, with his love to everyone. He loved the widow, the orphan, children, the divorced, the sick, and all those who live on the fringes. His attitude toward people was radically different because he saw in every man, in every woman, and in every child, a child of God. And because of this, the early church grew. The disciples imitated Jesus with how they lived their lives. A little bit later, the apostle Paul exhorted people to be imitators of Christ, so others would come to know the God who created the world. Throughout scripture, we see how people have come to know God and develop relationships with God, and in so doing, become imitators of our Lord. It causes me to pose the question, are we living an imitable life so that others will come to know Jesus and have a relationship with him? There's a story that makes its rounds among preachers, and I certainly hope it's true. The story is set back in the days when most Americans lived on farms. And one dark November night, the farm wife calls to her son, the cow didn't get milked. Son, go out to the barn and milk the cow and bring the milk in. But the son says, but mom, it's dark and I can't see the barn. And her reply is, you don't have to see the barn, son. You know where it is. Take the lantern, all you have to do is walk in the light until you get to where you're going. That's what disciples have always done, and that's what makes them imitable. They walk in the light. As I thought about this and thought about what to share with you today, I was led to the story of Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Elijah led a life worth imitating. He listened to God, and through his actions, others came to know God and to experience God's blessings. At the beginning of our story in chapter 17, Elijah had confronted Ahab, who was married to Jezebel, and then God told him to go and hide, and God gives him a place to hide 
where he will drink by the brook and ravens will bring him food. Well, eventually the brook ran dry and the birds stayed away. But let's remember that if God brings you to it, God will bring you through it. And that's what happens with Elijah. God tells Elijah to go to Zarephath, which was a town located in Sidon, outside of Israel. It had been occupied by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Greeks, and the Romans. And Ahab, who had married Jezebel, as I said, was king at the time. Well, this Sidon was near the home of Jezebel and was considered the heart and territory of Baal, the god of the Canaanites. I can imagine that Elijah was not too thrilled about being told to go to the Zarephath because he knew where he was going and how the people lived and the god who they worshipped. But he went to meet the met widow who God sent him to meet. We don't know the name of the widow, the name of the woman. We only know her as the widow of Zarephath. We know that her husband had died, that she was poor, and she was taking care of her son. And they were basically on their last leg. She was out of provisions. She had planned her own death because she didn't see hope for living and she was without supplies. And then she was approached by Elijah who asked for the last of what she did have. I want you all to pause for a moment and think about what that must have been like. You have enough food to give your son and yourself a moderately decent last meal. And then you know without food and without access to water, you're gonna die. Well, none of your neighbors have any supplies and everyone is slowly perishing. And then the United Methodist minister comes along and says, you got anything to eat? <laughs> what would your first thought be? What would you do? But maybe the widow knew something that the apostle will write in a letter to the Christian communities some 700 years later. Do not fail to entertain strangers, because some have provided for angels in that manner. She couldn't see the whole way to the barn, but she had a little light where she stood, and she could take a step, and from there she could take another step. The tension in the story is, will she take that first step? Little did she know that God had great plans for her. And all her blessings began with that outrageous request, a request which some of us might have refused. What impresses me about her is that she stepped out of her own suffering to provide Elijah with the drink of water and even a small bit of cake with the last of her food. She said yes before she knew that God would then provide unending oil or flour for her until it would begin to rain again. She stepped out in faith and she lived compassionately. And she was blessed with the gift of life and seeing her son live. This passage says something to me about faith. The faith of Elijah to take God at his word and to supply his needs through the hands of others, through the widow. 
the widow's faith with her needs, that her needs would be supplied by God because she shared the small blessings of flour and oil that she had with Elijah. The widow Zarephath lived among the Baal worshipers, but even then she seemed to have a faith in God and she trusted the words of God's prophet and she trusted the promise. And she just had a promise to hold on to. And let me draw your attention to the fact that jars of oil and flour were not delivered by the bushel to her door every day. She had enough each day just for that day. She and her son and Elijah never missed a meal each day. While others around them starved to death due to famine, they had enough food to eat. God took care of them during that hopeless situation. And many times, this is how God intervenes in our lives, isn't it? It often requires that we need to exercise faith to take each step ahead and not give up. None of us can say with complete certainty where we're going to end up by the end of 2020. We've had a new pandemic sweep the globe, resulting in the death of over 200,000 of our own citizens. We've had racial and social unrest like we've not seen in 40 years. And oh, have you noticed that we have a presidential election going on and our president's in the hospital? We do not know with complete assurance in all the details what the end of this year will look like but we have enough light to go a little further each day and each week. And next week, we'll go a little further than that. We have enough resources to meet our missions and ministry opportunities this month. Next month, we'll have some more. How much? None of us can say with absolute certainty, but we imitate the faith of Elijah and the faith of the widow who moved and acted when God said it's time to move and it's time to act. If we walk in faith, if we receive God's blessings and then we pour God's blessings out for others, we'll get there and all will be good and all will be well again. And God's blessings will continue to flow. Amen. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you that you are our God. We thank you for this gift of life, for the gift of family, friends, for this faith community. We thank you for the world in which we live, Lord. There are surprises each and every day. We thank you that even in times of sorrow that you are our God and you support us and you show us a way to get through it and you promise us that you are with us. We thank you for times of celebration and the joys that we can experience and the laughter that we can share. We thank you for the resources that we do have and we thank you for the opportunities that we can share those resources with others, both in our community of Memphis and around the world. We thank you, O oh God, that you never give up on us and that you are always calling us and, and nudging us to be who you created us to be. 
And so we pray that you would increase our faith, that you would grow us, and that you would show us where to take the next steps, because you are our light, and we want to walk in your light and carry your light to others. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.